everybody, and welcome to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. Uh, I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And uh, we are officially in the holiday, the second holiday season, Midge, now that we're past <laughs> the, the Halloween season. Yes, yes, it is officially uh, St. Nick's reign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, has take, he has taken over, taken the reins, and... It's it's time for festive things, but you can be festive, but also be spooky at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I think we are both a uh, living proof of that. <laughs> yes, uh, very true. I say we, we can be both festive and spooky in many ways, uh, but one of the ways that I think is beloved by a lot of folks like us who are kind of seasonally in seasonal enthusiasts for both the <laughs> fall and winter uh, is the film Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, you know, I love I love Tim Burton. I do. Yeah, you got a little get a little bit of that Tim Burton. So what's what is your um like are you a big nightmare before Christmas fan? Do you just <laughs> like it a little bit? Like what's kind of your your barometer on this? So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble on Instagram earlier this year for Uh-oh. giving giving my thoughts about this. I I mean I do like it. Let me be a, very clear about that. Um, you and I, I believe, are of the same opinion that it is a Christmas film, not a Halloween film. Um, so people get very like bent out of shape with me about the fact that I say like I don't really watch it at Halloween time. Um, but I do love it for Christmas. I would say it's not even in my top five favorite Burtons, actually. Ooh, savage. <laughs> yeah, which is what I got in trouble for. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I do like it. I think I like the, uh, the side characters a lot more than like the Jack and Sally story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I respect it for what it is. I love the, the animation and the, the style of it is, is incredible. And I love the meeting of Halloween and Christmas in it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think that we're probably not so different. Like, I definitely feel like it's something that, like, I enjoy the vibe and, like, the music of more than I'm, like, I love sitting down and watching this movie, mm-hmm. which there are there are some reasons for that in my fun facts that I think that I think make sense. <laughs> but no, I, I am also uh, fully committed. This is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. The the climactic action and main thrust of the plot is centered around christmas therefore it is a christmas movie oh we gotta get a literary essay (laughs) right i i I literally i saw like a fact that was like oh director henry selig says it's a halloween movie and i was like well only one of the two of us i believe is an english major and therefore I believe that I will analyze this and I will determine that it is, in fact, a Christmas movie. I agree with you 110%. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, literally the first, what, two and a half minutes of the film take place at Halloween? Yeah. And it's like, obviously, you know, it's got a Halloween aesthetic. You can watch it whenever you want. Watch it when it's not Halloween or Christmas. Like, it doesn't matter. But the movie is about Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yep. I, I did want to uh, ask you a quick question. Yes. Because <laughs> you said uh, that you're like a fan, but not like a fan fan. Um, same. As a fellow spooky bitch, 
do people in your life just gift you Nightmare Before Christmas items constantly? (laughs) (laughs) Because this is a a phenomenon I have experienced as like a a subtle goth where like people associate that with like the kind of spooky subculture, people who aren't like deeply vested. And so I I just get the weirdest Nightmare Before Christmas shit from people all the time. (laughs) And I, I, I don't, Again, I don't dislike it, but I'm just like, this is not the only spooky movie. <laughs> right. I, I have not experienced that. Like, I, f- I feel like people send me, like, links of, like, Nightmare Before Christmas things a lot and are like, hey, you're spooky. You like Christmas. Um, but not, it has not graduated to, like, actual merch and things oh, like that. My. Which <laughs> I had to have a conversation with my family about it. I was like, this is not. Of all the spooky things, this isn't it. (laughs) See, I will say my family would certainly, my family would know better because one of the other fun facts, I don't remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I'm sure no one will be surprised that when I was a kid, there was a trailer before Nightmare Before Christmas on a VHS tape that I was too scared to watch. So we... (laughs) My, no one in my family I, is like, Penny loves Nightmare Before Christmas. I, said, I think I knew, I think we talked about this in uh, the Halloween superlatives episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I think I know the one, it's the one where he like comes through the bag to see Santa and he's like, surprised, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> and he looks that, so scary. And then the very like sting at the end of the trailer is the kid turning around and pulling a shrunken head out of the box. Yes. And I was, I did not, did not appreciate that <laughs> as a child. So I didn't actually see Nightmare Before Christmas probably until high school oh, or maybe wow. later. So it definitely like, I didn't. And then you don't imprint. have that nostalgia yeah. factor. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yep, I do. I do really love and enjoy the movie. I will say, and if you are for anyone who is a fan, if you haven't watched the movies that made us episode about Nightmare Before Christmas, it's mm. really cool. And so it has you know interviews with a lot of the cast, but also a lot of the crew and like producers and things, which was really interesting because it actually turns out that it was a huge slog to get this movie even made. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I will take take you back to a little bit of history, um, which something that I really enjoyed was um, so I I read an article of like fun facts from Mental Floss was where I got a lot of these notes. Um, Mm -hmm. But they talk about how Tim Burton has said that, you know, in Burbank, where he grew up, there's not a lot of seasonal changes. So it's really holiday decorations that you'll help you see how the year is moving on. Sure. And. In, you know, the middle of fall and winter, Halloween and Christmas both end up showing up in stores together. And apparently this kind of inspired him with the initial idea of like Halloween kind of intruding on Christmas time. Nice. Makes sense. And I feel that's, I think that's something. Feel that way. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say we can all relate to that seeing when you know when you're you're out shopping for your Halloween and you turn the aisle and it's all red and green and you're like, what? How is this Rem- happening? It reminds me of our, that TikTok that our, our friend uh, Mike at All Hallows Geek made where he's like shopping for Halloween, but it's all Christmas and he gets behind him and he's like, but Halloween is stuck at the port, but Halloween is stuck at the port, <laughs> mm-hmm. but Halloween, <laughs> that's how I felt all season. I was like, why is it? It, it was even faster this year, I think, than normal. It was like yeah. mm-hmm. before Halloween Christmas was out. 
yeah, Christmas is all over the place. It does love to spread. (laughs) (laughs) And um, one of the other things, so Tim Burton had originally kind of been conceiving of this. So he wrote a poem, as most of us know, who are fans. Um, He wrote kind of like a take on Twas the Night Before Christmas that included Jack Skellington in it. And he apparently kind of was picturing that Nightmare Before Christmas would be like a Rankin-Bass holiday special kind of vibe. Like it's something that like you play on TV annually. And I feel like thinking about it from that perspective definitely like makes a lot more sense. Because I think that um, one of the reasons that people like it so much is it is kind of like a fable. Like it's very, it's, it's not a movie that you're like, wow, I love the incredible plot and pacing (laughs) of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's got a, it's got big Charlie Brown energy. Like the, Mm -hmm. you're like, you're like, oh, that was nice, but you're not like invested. (laughs) Right. And that was, that was one of the things where they're talking about how the songs for the movie were written first and before there was really a script, which makes a lot of sense because like a lot of the songs are bangers and they're kind of, you know, they filled in scenes around them, but you can really tell that the song, the songs and the music are kind of like the show-stopping element of the film, in my opinion. And I mean, like, let's let's get one thing straight right now. I may not be the biggest fan of this film, but Danny Elfman is a hero amongst men. Oh, yes. I love Danny Elfman. I love everything he's ever done. I love him as Jack. Like, I love the, that whole situation. A++++. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have a favorite song? I feel like... This is Halloween always, you know, is a major vibe. I'm a big, I end up getting kidnapped the Sandy Claus stuck in my head like year long. It's always just, you know. I hate that song. (laughs) That song makes me want to scream. No, I have a very weird favorite. (laughs) And it's Jack's Lament. Oh, yeah. That... I find myself at least once a month when I'm like having a depressive episode <laughs> doing that. Well, what the heck? I went and did my best. <laughs> like that's running in my head 24 um, seven. I love that. And I, I really love what's this. Um, yes. My, my friends and I in middle school, like did a whole music video where we reenacted. What's this? Aww, that is adorable. <laughs> That when so you talk about like middle school, I don't remember when this actually came out, but do you remember the Nightmare Before Christmas covers album that had yes, like with- Panic at the Disco and oh, stuff yeah. on it? I definitely remember jamming out to those. Yeah, what? It, uh, no, that's after Alice. There was a there was the Alice in Wonderland one, and then what was it called? It was like called like something outside nightmare or something i don't know yeah yeah i have that on my ipod shuffle you bet oh yes (laughs) i had it on some mix cds hell yeah uh and i will say we have of course mentioned tim burton a lot but tim burton did not direct this film and Mm -mm. was actually not super involved in the actual production of it um so this is my other anger with this movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Henry Selig is the director and he went on to make Coraline, which I actually love very, very much. I love. So good. Um, which is but- also <laughs> Neil Gaiman for those who are going to tell us it's Tim Burton. It's no. Not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Don't get Neil. it twisted. Nope. <laughs> I love Coraline. Tim Burton has nothing to do with Coraline. <laughs> nothing. 
But yeah, so yeah, Tim was busy off directing Batman Returns, um, which obviously was a much higher budget and higher prominence kind of thing. So he obviously, you know, came up with the story and a lot of the concepts, uh, but it was really, you know, Henry Selick and the team of animators and creators who were working on this directly. Yes. Got to give, got to give your flowers where where they belong. Where they do, yes, I agree. That's and there's all what is there's a gal too that was really heavily um, invested in Nightmare as well. I can't remember her name, but yes. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember her name. It was a um, producer, I mm-hmm. think, who like she really. I think it's uh, maybe Denise Denovi. Yeah, that sounds, up. Yep. that sounds right. Yeah, and um, she was the one who, you know, was always going back to Disney and being like, no, like, we need the budget. We need to get this done. It's going to be great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, I mean, that to me, in, in, in my experience with other, like, Burton fans, this is the movie that people associate with him. And he had so... I know. <laughs> he was yeah. so hands off. <laughs> Uh, I will say Batman uh, is in my top five favorite Burton films. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Yeah. It was just really interesting. I remember I learned a lot while I was watching um, the movies that made us about this, just Mm -hmm. about the production. Disney was like so unsure about this project. Um, And as probably serious fans know it was not released under walt disney studios um Mm -hmm. it was released under touchstone pictures because they thought it was too off brand because it's weird (laughs) and dark (laughs) and now they redecorate haunted mansion every Mm -hmm. year so jokes on you disney (laughs) jack skelling jack skellington won out in the end um apparently even though they weren't releasing it under the main banner, like, you know, Disney continued to have a lot of notes and a lot of concerns and they really wanted Jack Skellington to have eyeballs. Oh God. Ew. Right. But like, but like, but like friendly eyes. So. No, I'm uninterested in that journey. Right. I know. I don't like it. Um, It is as it, as it said on the Mental Floss article, it's a common guideline in animation and puppet creation that you need to have eyes for like the audience to connect to a character. Um, and they were like, no, Jack Skellington doesn't need to have eyes, which it's so hard to imagine the idea yeah. of him with eyes. And also just like, he's a skull. So right? like, how, <laughs> well, that how was- would that work? That theory was deeply disproven because, like, were you even a, a mentally ill little goth girl if you didn't have a crush on Jack Skellington in middle school? <laughs> right. Like, I oh, felt Jack. very connected to him. <laughs> Jack yes. is one of those characters where I was like, oh, I'm pansexual. <laughs> <laughs> also why <am> skeletons. <laughs> why am I attracted to Skellington? Because of his personality, I guess. Oh, he does have a, he does have a great... He's very charming, although I will say that he... You know, he's also a narcissist. He, yeah, but I was gonna fine. say he, he could listen. He could listen to Sally a little bit more and <laughs> know about it. That okay. So that was something else I was gonna bring up. Was I love um, the people who have used Nightmare Before Christmas as like an explanation of cultural appropriation. Now what have you seen this? Like people. No are like, okay, like, let me break it down. Like, if you don't understand the idea of cultural appropriation, like, think about Nightmare Before Christmas. Because oh, Jack saw this and he thought it was really cool. Yep. And then he was like, instead of just, you know, 
enjoying it with the people of Christmas Town or learning more about it. He was like, I've seen all I need to see. Now I can do it myself. And I bet I can do it better. He said, what if instead I ruined it? Exactly. And so you need to you need to remember that that was a bad choice on Jack's part. And he learned his lesson in the end, kind of. <laughs> I understand what you mean now. At first, I thought you were saying that people were saying nightmare was cultural appropriation. And I was like, from what culture? I, fra- I phrased that oddly. <laughs> It's like, you know, when you're a, a Halloween lover and you feel yeah. like your culture's been appropriated by Tim Burton. Yeah, from, from the Skellingtons, obviously. <laughs> As we talked about, you know, the Haunted Mansion does get taken over now by Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I have never seen it in action, but I would I would like to see it at some point. I was wondering what your opinions about that were as a, a Haunted Mansion super fan (laughs) yeah like i like the idea of it taking over i don't i know i've seen other like obviously more um in-depth disney people talk about this i don't like that it does it at halloween like oh is it yeah they start the start re they like shut it down and put up all of that stuff like across into the halloween season and people are like i just want to go on the normal haunted mansion at halloween it's already halloween janice it's already halloween and nightmare for christmas as we discussed is a christmas movie oh yeah no i don't like that i thought they did it just for the holidays they do it like from they like shut it down partway through halloween from what i understand and put it up and then do it because you know they turn over immediately so when it's actual Halloween, the ride is already Nightmare Before Christmasified. Well, here at Ghoul's Night Inn, we do not support this. If you'd like to sign our <laughs> petition. <laughs> no. Uh, I did see a sketch um, that an Imagineer did do a concept for a full Nightmare Before Christmas ride. Now that'd which, be popping. I support yeah. that choice. Yeah. So that obviously didn't come to be, but I would be very into that. The like sketch that um, they showed was like lock, shock, and barrel kind of like terrorizing you how oh, fun <laughs> you know I hope threatening you get to as ride you're in the bathtub up. right that would That'd be, be fun <laughs> that looked fun i would definitely go on that ride 110 bajillion percent the the best part of the film is oogie boogie and i i would definitely go on like an oogie boogie ride with like black lights and stuff that would yeah. be super duper cool I know that is I I feel like I'm very I would love to go to the Oogie Boogie Bash and Oh yeah. Just sounds so cool. I love seeing all of the cool merch for that. But did you did you know that there was a suggestion that Oogie Boogie was going to be revealed to be Dr. Frankenstein at the end? I have heard this before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that I've I've cut that every which way, and it doesn't make sense to me. No, no. <laughs> like, it how doesn't. are you gonna spin that <laughs> exactly? And I feel like that's that's just like another reason that, like, as I kind of said before, it's not a movie with like an extremely strong plot line. No, 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 no. <laughs> so they, you know, characters just kind of pop up, and they do something and they have a song and maybe they do something else and it doesn't ever super tie back in. So like I I get the sense of like wanting to like loop it around and be like, Oh, we're tying this big monster to something else that we've seen in the movie. But I mean, that also doesn't make any sense. So that's, I think um, 
Well, and let's not even get into the problematic nature of both villains in the film being based on cultural stereotypes. But Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I... I... I don't think the movie needs the Jack and Sally story, I think is really my big problem with it. At the end, like, when all of a sudden they're singing about being meant to be together, I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah. Like, talking about the plot, I'm like, where where was the storyline leading to this ending? Because that's not the film I was watching. I know. Okay, so this this is what's going to get this podcast canceled. Everyone's going to be mad at us. R.I.P. Ghoul's Night In. I just... I. I don't understand how Jack and Sally have become like a romantic, spooky oh, yeah, icon no. couple because they spend the entire movie not like barely knowing each other. Yeah, not <laughs> like, together. It's in, no, she's infatuated with a narcissist who gaslights her the entire film. And then at the end, he's like, oh, my God, you were uh, you were right in front of me the whole time. Like, what? No. Right. And like, I'm fine. Like, sure. It's like, I'll believe that, you know, they get together at the end and develop a strong relationship and work through, you know, any issues there. But I'm like, but we didn't see that on screen. So like, yeah, simply meant to be my ass. Like, why are we we all living like Jack and Sally if we want to when they are barely together and she's just sad about him for the entire movie? Because that's the female experience. Oh, snap. (laughs) She spits the truth. <laughs> they said, you want some relatable content? Spend the whole film pining over someone who doesn't even notice you or give you the time of day. And then at the end, pretend that you're happy. <laughs> uh, if only my drag queen fan wasn't all the way across the room. I'd be thwarping that for you on mic right now. <laughs> I've earned a thwarp. I'm I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. I, I fully don't understand the... Uh, like the infatuation with that relationship it, it doesn't make any sense to me yeah it's just if super anything weird. they're they're good friends maybe <laughs> if anything yeah it's just it's very odd it's very odd to me and i'm like even if you wanted to pick from a tim burton movie like there are more iconic couples oh hell yeah i the hill that i will die on is that Corpse Bride is a far superior film. And I I will lay on that hill and let people stab me to death with their nightmare themed <laughs> merch. I I I haven't watched Corpse Bride in a while. I will say like it's it's 100% plotted better. Like the story is better. I do still feel like I'm more attached to like the songs and kind of the aesthetics of nightmare but Mm -hmm. i do i do think corpse bride is you know a more coherent film well the characters are likable none of the characters Mm -hmm. in nightmare are really likable character and maybe that's the point i mean but yeah i feel i think i i kind of half said it earlier but it really is like more like a folk tale fable kind of vibe sure then actual made. thing like like no one really has like a super developed character like you're not like they're well, all these like people archetypes have, yeah it's like it's an archetype it's you know kind of like someone working towards one particular goal and i think that that's that's probably why people like really love it because you know you can you know project a lot of feelings onto that and kind of imagine a lot with it sure but yeah, it's 
it is something that I, I very much enjoy um, as part of my like Christmas season spooky vibe, but it, it's certainly not like the, the end all be all of haunted holidays in my opinion. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to lose a lot of, uh, a lot of people. All of a sudden my Instagram following is going to cut me cut in half. Wow. People are going to be like, we didn't know Midge was such a, <laughs> He's a hater. hater. <laughs> He's a nightmare hater. I will say, so I live um, on my street. There is a good for rather- you for living on your street. <laughs> Thank you for living. I live on my street. Good and job. Also on my street, um, there is someone oh. who really loves Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there is um, a house on the street um, that has just like full huge life-size larger than life nightmare cutouts and actually takes over usually like four to five other lawns on the on the strip during halloween season and fully decks them out with all of the colors all of the different creatures um for a while i i think that they may have stopped um doing this with covid but they used to change the decorations like throughout winter so that it was following like the storyline until christmas so they had them up that whole time and it's very very cool and so that's part of why I'm like, like the aesthetics and like the imagery of it is so iconic and really cool. And I well, love the character people, design yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the, the designs the are so nice. Yeah. The artwork is stunning. And like, yeah, the, the creation of the characters, like the models are, are beautiful. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm more in love with the fandom than the film. Yeah. But yes, Penny used to send me like text me pictures of this house when you were on walks, you would yes. like send me a message with a picture of what the house was doing. And I like, I looked forward to it so much. <laughs> Did they, am I mistaken? Didn't they like have it up still at like Easter one year? Well, yeah, because um, he also had theme decorations for each of the other holiday doors. Yeah. And okay. so like, so like he has like a giant Easter bunny that we see when like Lock, Shock and Barrel bring that toogie boogie by mistake. Uh-huh. So like he would put up this giant Easter bunny and like the egg door kind of oh thing. God. And he had um, a 4th of July Jack wearing like a full like Uncle Sam outfit. Um, so uh, it's so cool. And it's just, you know, a very cool kind of community project. People, you know, volunteer to come help set it up. And he collects um, money during trick or treat to donate to charity. So it's all it's all a very warm and fuzzy thing. And I do really like, you know, the way that people are creative with, you know, kind of the elements from the film. And it does Definitely. feel like very cozy and familiar to, you know, see it all up there. Dear uh, person who owns the Nightmare House on Penny Street, if you are for some reason listening to this podcast, we would like to be best friends with you. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's, that's the type of energy from people that I need. Like I, right? I need you to be that dedicated to something, even if that. it's not my favorite thing. I, I'm still excited that you're excited. <laughs> that is, is true commitment to sparkle motion. Yes. <laughs> well, those were all of my nightmare facts. I will, I will ask you who is your favorite character side character creature from the film uh i think i like i said i think i have to stick with oogie boogie i really like Mm -hmm. i love that character if we're going like very very niche side characters i love the swamp 
creature woman from Halloween Town. Like Ooh, I love, yeah, I love her design. Um, like obviously she doesn't really have a, a a character arc or anything in the film, but just as far as like visually a character, I think is mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, yeah, definitely her. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say niche, niche side character edition. I love the vampires. Oh my god! <laughs> Just like the little set of vampires. They're so cute. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, they're probably they're probably my very favorite. Although I do also um, I I appreciate the the unbridled chaos of Lock, Shock, and Barrel. <laughs> and you know we get some just delicious Catherine O'Hara there. Yes. So that I'm 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 thrilled for that for yes. sure. Prim- primarily, the appeal is the Catherine O'Hara of it all. Yes, I will say, without Nightmare Before Christmas. We would never have gotten to experience the joy of that little musician saying, nice work, Bone Daddy. Yes. <laughs> Which is my, fa- Bone Daddy. my favorite line in any film ever. <laughs> <laughs> it is extremely good. Also, I do. So I haven't, even though I haven't, I haven't felt it this year, I normally very much relate to the, but you're the pumpkin king. Rip. Not anymore. <laughs> And just the immediate switch from spooky to festive is is usually is usually about where I'm at, where I'm, you know. Oh yeah, just swap, just swap it, swap it right over there. I'm ready. Yeah, I think uh, some people, some folks on my on my channel this year were getting holiday whiplash with the the ferocity with which I went full Christmas. <laughs> I really, I think we're both that way. I mean, I know you're you're a little less in the festive mood this year, but uh, I'm even though I'm a Halloween like ride or die, I'm definitely still a Christmas girl. Like I, oh, yeah. I still love Christmas, um, both the spooky and non spooky aspects. Most certainly, and that's I will say it is nice to have a Christmas movie with some dedicated spooky aspects, and I think. Um, I under- I understand why people automatically think that you might want Nightmare Merch, <laughs> even though well, it is sure. not true, but it is it is nice to have a, you know, representation of spooky chicks at, Chris- at spooky Christmas. Yes. Thank you for that, uh, Disney <laughs> slash Touchstone slash Burton slash Selleck. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our our little mini nightmare. I hope you still love us. Even yeah, though please don't cancel our podcast. <laughs> we We're just getting started. <laughs> correct, correct nightmare for Christmas opinions. Um, but thank you so much for watching. Um, feel watching. Nope. <laughs> They're watching you. They're watching me right now. Uh oh. I think I was thinking about watching the movie. Well, and <laughs> we're now thanking you from this video or this podcast is sponsored by Touchstone Pictures. Thank ah. you for watching. <laughs> ah. All right. Thank you for listening and uh, joining us today. Uh, please do let us know if you love Nightmare Before Christmas, if you also think it's pretty okay, uh, if you think that it is a Halloween or a Christmas movie, sound off. We got to know what you're thinking. And you can do so um, at Instagram at Ghoul's Night In Pod. Let me know if you're uh, also getting assaulted with Nightmare merch. I need to know I'm not alone <laughs> in this. 
please do like and review on your podcast app of choice. We definitely appreciate it. And hey, if you are feeling festive and want to spread some joy around, send the podcast to a friend who also likes spooky things. We would love to chit chat with them too. Yeah. And if hello, you, friends. <laughs> hello, friends. Uh, if you are looking to find me, you can find me on all of the platforms at Penny Snark. And you can find me at Midge Munster. And until next time, goodbye. goodbye.